Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. That kind of felt good right there to be able to say to Coos when he said, where's Austin? I said, he's down at TV. <laughs> kind of like where I usually am. Maybe if I'm running a minute or two late. Or three or four. Happy NFL Draft Eve, everybody. It's almost here. Jacksonville, Florida, the place to be over the next 24 to 48 hours. Trevor Town comes to fruition. And what else happens in the draft? You can feel the excitement. Everybody's talking about it. And we can't wait for it to go down here in Jacksonville on a Thursday night. We'll be down there all day tomorrow, of course. We're all talking about it, getting ready for it, getting ramped up for it. There's really nothing else to say in terms of the analysis of uh, Trevor Lawrence himself. I mean, we've said it all. We've used every adjective. We've and everybody's opinion over this uh, last four months or so. 122 days we're at since the Jaguars clinched uh, the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. But that does not mean the draft stops at number one. In fact, that's really where it ramps up after that. Three for the San Francisco 49ers. The Carolina Panthers now reset the draft again at number eight because everybody's wondering what they will do now that they get rid of Teddy Bridgewater and trade him to the Denver Broncos for a six-round pick. They do have Sam Darnold, but does that mean they're going for a quarterback if they fall to him at number eight, or are they going to take a position player elsewhere? We'll find out. So two distinct starting points in the draft. That kind of resets things. Number three with San Francisco. I still think number four with Atlanta is really interesting, but three certainly resets the whole thing and really kicks it off. And then number eight with Carolina, a lot can happen. And then the domino effect goes from there in the NFL draft. Brent Martineau here, Austin Lane here as well. Do a little TV. I cannot hear you well, but your mic looks on. My mic does look there. Now, it is. Hey. there it is. It takes a little minute to warm up sometimes, right? It's like that car in the middle of uh, central Wisconsin in the wintertime. Let it warm up a little bit. <laughs> you, you just can't put it in drive and take off. You're going to ask for problems. But, yeah, did a little TV stuff, a little draft special, yeah. um, if you will. I'll be honest, didn't get a lot of guidance. You kind of just threw me to the wolves a little bit, but we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, well, I think you did a good job. I Thank saw you. it. Uh, so, uh, just the, it's the, the whole closing thing i got to work on, though. It's huh? the toughest thing I sell in Austin in, in TV. There's always one of my sticking points, I think, for a lot of people, but definitely for me in my tv career yeah like especially early on when you'd be at a live shot sure and so you know you say whatever you're going to say uh, hey jazz have a 25th pick as well we'll talk more about it coming up a little bit later i'm brett martino action sports jacks or live in at the stadium i'm brett martino action sports jacks yeah when i would do a live shot early in my career especially mm-hmm. that was the hardest part of the live shot because i had so much attention and focus and, you know being live is different and mm-hmm. so the first few years you even do live shots you're kind of like yeah yeah well seasoned you haven't been you're afraid something's going to go wrong you know it's it's just different you're ad-libbing a lot and all that stuff well i would seemingly always screw up like i wouldn't call i wouldn't say the wrong name Mm -hmm. but just getting that little like the six words of live here and i'm brent martineau for whatever station i worked at at the time was the most difficult part should have been the easiest yeah but it was the most difficult part because you all you never focused on that part you focused on the first like 80 seconds of of your 
live hit. That's correct. And then you're like, well, I got that part. I won't even think about it. See, here's the thing. It never even crossed my mind that I'm going to have to close it out. Like, I just think, okay, get through these, you know, these this analysis and everything. And then as it was coming to an end, I'm like, okay. So I'm getting to the end now. <laughs> I don't know what to say because I'm not sure what this show like. I don't know if it's like a draft, the, 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 you know, action sports Jack, draft special show. Like I don't know what yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, do I say back to Brent, back to you, Marcel, back to you, Stuart? So I'm just like, yep, that's it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that is what it is. That's why we pre-tape these things you so we can edit it. if we need to. Yes, sir. It'll look good. No, it's good. Basically, what we have Austin doing for tomorrow's show. Mm-hmm. On TV, mm-hmm. we're going. I, I can't say it enough, and I want to keep telling you because I think it's really cool what we're doing tomorrow. We always do a draft special, seven to eight on TV. We have it on CBS forty seven and Fox thirty. But the different thing that we're doing that makes it so different and uh, this year, and it's really cool to see everybody down in TV land. They're putting a lot of effort into it, um, it, it and we've had so many meetings about it. And we are going side by side with the NFL draft. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be on NFL Network, ESPN, but we are staying on, and so. You know, they're going to pick Trevor Lawrence at 8-10, 8-12. They might even do a quick interview with Trevor Lawrence. But then we're hoping people will come flip over to us because then they're talking about Atlanta and all these other teams. We're going to stay talking about the Jags for the next two hours Mm -hmm. leading up to the 25th pick, having more reaction, having players on from from the Jags, having analysis like this. Mm -hmm. And so what Austin is doing is basically taking a look at three potential players they could pick Mm -hmm. at number 25 coming up later that night. So Mm -hmm. he goes to the wall to says it all uh, to, to do that for our show tomorrow night. But. If you get a chance, we're hoping to. I'm trying to get this into everybody's head because it's different. Like it's not you're not normally do this. Mm-hmm. You're not normally flipping around potentially. But Fox 30, eight to ten, eight fifteen to ten, we're gonna have a ton of Trevor, ton of reaction from TIAA Bank. If you can't be there, it's a sold out night on the draft party. Just Jags, Jags, Jags. Uh, from 7 to 10 here on Fox 30 and CBS 47 in town. So uh, make sure you check it out. Set the DVR. Whatever you want to do. But uh, put it on in every bar you know, Yes. all right, alongside NFL Network and and ESPN uh, while you watch the rest of the draft. We've got some cool stuff. I just hope this production comes out as good as it's planned because it's going to look network. Like, we got all the picks coming in Mm -hmm. and everything, so we're excited about it. Kind of TV uh, geekish, but uh, it's okay. I think that's what we do. Now, are you back in the studio or will you be at the the draft party? No, we're at the stadium the whole time. Essentially, tomorrow, our coverage, I'll be on TV starting at 6 Mm a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, and then down at the stadium by noon. I'm going to do this early stuff from home uh, mm-hmm. as we get going. And uh, then we do our radio show from the stadium tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Yes. Now I'll be in and out of that because of doing some TV stuff. But uh, from 4 o'clock essentially to 11.30 on CBS 47 and Fox 30, we've got TV and draft coverage. Okay. So uh, now there's some news and weather mixed in some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7 to 10 is straight draft. Mm-hmm. So that just gives you a little bit of a plan of the schedule tomorrow. CBS 47, Fox 30, ESPN 690. And I have to keep reminding everybody, if you're in your car, if you're moving around, ESPN 690 has the draft. So you can listen to the draft right here on ESPN 690 if you're in Jacksonville, um, if you are not in front of a, a TV. So uh, looking forward to it. It's, you know, listen, we've been looking forward to it. So that's kind of like a, a like almost cliche now absolutely but you do kind of do you sense i mean maybe it's just me in the world i live in but there's some amped up energy there's some buzz there there is this anticipation now now that we've made it to nfl draft eve trevor eve if you will mm-hmm. uh things are starting to go in place if you look down the stadium they've got the staging is being built like started last night cool. uh, we showed pictures of that live on tv last night so 
you can kind of feel there's a buzz now for the next 24, 48 hours. It's going to be all about the Jaguars, all about Trevor Lawrence, all about the NFL draft and whoever else they pick. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we saw that too with the bridge getting lit up last night in, yeah. in purple and orange. So <laughs> it's nothing but a foregone conclusion. It feels like at this point with Trevor Lawrence. No, like this is, you know, we're, we're on the eve of the draft and it's, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like Christmas Eve again, man. Like there, there, there's so much excitement and, and hype built up as, as there should be. Um, because like, I, I don't know, like, you know, I, I haven't covered too many of these drafts. I, I've, I've watched, you know, uh, a bunch of them from distance and obviously I was a part of one, but like, I get the sense like this year, it's just, there's so many narratives of urban Meyer, um, and with Trevor Lawrence, obviously, and, and turning over a new leaf, like there's just so much excitement built up and keep in mind, you got two first round picks. So that, that's always exciting as well. And you have capital where if you want to move back up, you can. So that's where I think the excitement comes in. It's like, what are they going to do at 25? Are they going to trade up? You know, what's going to happen? And, and keep in mind, it's bigger than Jacksonville, obviously, because this whole draft entirely, we, we might see a lot of shocks and surprises because I feel like nobody's got a good beat, even starting at number three, of who's going to take a quarterback there with San Francisco. Well, and I think you're right. And now let's just talk briefly about what you do at number eight. I mean, what's going on with Carolina? Because yeah. Teddy Bridgewater goes, and we've talked enough about San Francisco. I feel like we could have ESPN 690, the San Fran yeah. uh, affiliate. But... <laughs> What about Carolina now? Who, I do want to remind folks, before they traded for Sam Darnold, yeah. I thought was the most interesting team in the draft. Like, I thought, what are they going to do? Sure. Was the most interesting team. And now what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Sam Darnold, are they committed to him? Mm -hmm. Do they feel like a quarterback that they like might be dropping? Is that why they got rid of Teddy Bridgewater? Or did they anticipate dealing Bridgewater and trying to get rid of him all along and they finally just got Denver to bite on a six-round pick? It's a great question. Um, And, you know, it's really a great call here of what does Carolina do? I get the sense more than anything that if a Trey Lance – if a Justin Fields falls to them, I think they'd be crazy to pass that up. Um, I think with what Matt Rule wants to do on offense and be a dynamic offense, and keep in mind, when you have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, that allows you to do a lot of things. Now you put a dual threat guy back there. Not to say Sam Darnold's not a dual threat guy, because we've seen Sam Darnold run a little bit, right? But let's be honest. He's not winning any track meets. Sam Darnold, for the most part, is the pocket passer. So when we take that into account, and there's the options of Trey Lance and Justin Fields. How can you pass it up? How how can you pass up the opportunity to be more dynamic? So I think if Fields or Trey Lance are there, Brent, I think Matt Rule is going to pull the trigger. I think he has to. Now keep in mind, don't have to play him right away, right? Sam Darnold's there. Let's see what the kids got. Uh, you know, we spent some stuff to get him. So let's see what Sam Darnold can do. But waiting in the wings, whether it's a year from now, half a season from now, two years from now, whatever the case may be, you're going to have a dynamic playmaker, neither Justin Fields or Trey Lance, assuming one of those guys falls there, and that's going to be your fail-safe. That's going to be your trump card. Yeah, I think that's what they – did they anticipate it? I don't know. But it might even be Mac Jones. You know, yeah, It could be Mac Jones it, because as Because well. if Mac Jones – like, we don't believe Mac Jones going number three. Yes. So if Mac Jones doesn't go number three, where's he going? Mm-hmm. Is he going to Atlanta at four? Mm-hmm. Well, he's not going to Cincy at five. He's not going to Miami at six. He's not going to Detroit at seven. Well, there he is at Carolina at eight. And either way, Carolina now, the way this thing shakes out, is certainly in play for what you just said. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields, one of those players is going to seemingly fall to number eight. 
Correct. Is it Carolina feeling like one of those players that they like out of those three has a really good chance of falling based on what they predict and are hearing internally uh, when the walls are talking mm-hmm. inside the NFL? Now, there's one other caveat here. There could be other teams that jump in front. Mm-hmm. There could be the New England Patriots. There could be uh, Washington. You know, and what also I think is pretty interesting here, Austin, is Carolina might have just said, you know what? We might not need the QB right now because we bought into Sam Darnold a little bit. Sure. But if we appear like we want one of these guys, does that increase the trade possibilities where we can go back? So say Mac Jones Mm -hmm. slips a little bit, slips. I mean, he'll slip out of top 10, but slips to number eight. And he's not taken by Atlanta or San Francisco. Does Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots say, hey, Carolina's got a quarterback in Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. They might not be high on Mac Jones. Let's Mm -hmm. go get in front of them. Mm -hmm. So what Carolina did is position themselves to make it look like now they're back in the quarterback game, which makes teams like Washington and the Patriots may be willing to move up to that eighth spot, get in front of them, and and, and do a dance with them on the trade front. It's a possibility. you know. And, yeah, I'm a little remiss because I didn't mention Mac Jones in, in the conversation of Trey Lance and Justin Fields if they fall to Carolina. Let's keep in mind, though, could they trade that pick away if Mac Jones falls? Yes. Uh, I think they could hold the NFL hostage and say, let's hear the highest bidder. At the same time, though, once again, depending how confident you are in, in Sam Darnold, keep in mind who the Panthers' offensive coordinator is. Joe Brady. Joe Brady coming from LSU, who worked with Joe Burrow, who had that one good year, that one year of, of a flash in the pan, and look what Joe Brady was able to do for Joe Burrow, right? And now he's in Cincinnati, and before he got hurt, Look like a pretty promising rookie quarterback, and I think Bengals fans are excited going into year two. Who's to say Joe Brady doesn't see Mac Jones and like, I can work with that. I see I see a lot of similarities between Joe Burrow and Mac Jones. Let's get that guy in Carolina. If he falls, listen, does not have to be the guy right away. We got Sam Darnold. We're going to be okay. But let me work with Mac Jones. Let, let, let me show you why you guys brought me here in the first place and gave me all this money. And let me show you why I think Mac Jones can be a future star in the NFL. That could happen too with Joe Brady. The question is now, and what we just were, were kind of talking, contemplating back and forth. Are we about to see more wheeling and dealing over the next 24 hours? And I do say keep an eye on the Jags here. There's something that continues to stick out to me the last week. And Tom Pelissero had a report, and I keep repeating this now uh, to folks that want to listen to me. I thought he had a very interesting comment. And he said folks that he's talked to in the NFL say there's really only 14, 16 guys that they have first-round grades on. Okay. And so if that is the case, and who knows, right? I mean, no really knows. But if teams really only have – half of the first round, first round grades on. Does that entice teams that are at 20, 22, 25, somewhere else to jump up into the top 16, 17, 12, 13, and go get a guy they covet because there's some separation between that player and everybody else? Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see. That's where I think if that is true, what Pelosseros says and has been hearing, well, then we could get a lot of movement on the back half of that first round to jump up into the first half mm-hmm. of the first round, somewhere between eight and like 15 or 16, because the top seven seem pretty much set. and There's already been some wheeling and dealing. 
to go get a player. Now, I'm talking quarterback. I'm talking a player that, that they covet and value as a top 15, top 20 kind of player in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then there's a pretty good dip after that. So your 25th pick doesn't have the value maybe it did last year in a deeper first round is what I'm getting at. No, you're not wrong here. And, you know, once again, when we talk about maybe the top 15, top 16 guys having those first round grades, you know, I, I said this before a little bit. When you take away the combine and and you take away that that networking, now keep in mind, I've said it a bunch of times, it's a giant media networking thing where rumors get spread around and smoke screens get spread around, but also maybe from the coaches a little bit as well, where coaches interact a little bit and say, hey, what are you guys liking over here? What do you you think about this kid? Not to say that it's a foreblown conclusion, but you can get some kind of an idea, I feel like, you know, every once in a while. Well, that's gone now. Like, these coaches haven't been hanging out together. Like, no one's going to um, Sean McVay's house and jumping in his pool and they're talking draft stuff. Not The coaches aren't. Heck no. So, once again, I, I feel like this year, um, in terms of every single GM around the NFL, I feel like more than ever, there's a sense of we have no idea what the other teams are going to do. Yeah. Now, maybe there's a little sense. Maybe there's some rumors, a smoke screen, some rumblings. Call it what you want. But for the most part... Um, you know, if you want to go for a synopsis, I feel like nobody's got an idea who's going to make the moves, who's interested in who, and it's essentially going to be the Wild West at the NFL Combine. And when you have that, that's when these last-minute trades take part because, hey, if you have a guy and you don't know what's going to happen, you might as well go get him, right? You, you might as well sacrifice what you got to sacrifice to get your guy. And I can see that happening maybe more tonight and obviously in tomorrow before the NFL draft starts. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if we see some uh, shaking and bacon shaking here and over bacon. the next uh, 24 hours or so. Hey, Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. But this is the day to do it. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. No purchase required to enter or win. For eligibility and other details, see the official rules at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. You have today and tomorrow for a chance to meet the pick, which likely will be Trevor Lawrence. Just go to TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. We take a time out here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. On the way in the next hour, Jesse Palmer joins the show. Jason Fitz today joins the show. Yes. I hope so. It's today. Yes. Yeah, okay. And the last day of Shock Your Mock. Last day of Shock Your Mock. And you also made a pick this morning I'm aware of. I did. That I haven't listened to yet. Oh, you haven't heard? Uh, no, of course, man. It's got to be a surprise, right? Well, I think we might be able to have that when we come back. Okay. Who did because I pick I have my predictions who you, who you picked as well. Yeah, i got to get the predictions first, and then yes. we'll deliver on who I pick. Let's get it. Coming with rave reviews, by Let's the way. Let's get it. Everybody all across the country Let's with my it. 25th overall pick. Oh, really? It's okay. next on ESPN 690. In fact, I've been invited to the draft room tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be back. Austin Lane. I want you to put yourself in Leonard Fournette's shoes. Probably a little bigger shoes than you're rocking right now. Well, Shocker, you're wearing sandals, and that's all good, though. Brent Martineau. Well, you, you are, you too. They're just like... <laughs> I mean, they're just like, look I like I might bands. as well be. I might as well be. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Outlook is uh, Trevor Lawrence and then build around them and, and got both sides of the ball. You have to address, obviously, Jacksonville's obviously not a team that's ready to, to contend for a Super Bowl. But I think there's going to be plenty of options at tight end, build the offensive lineup, receiving help, also get a safety at some point. Uh, they have the draft picks to do it. Uh, you know, when we were doing the mock draft, I thought Kadarius Tony. 
uh, would give them a versatile option there. They had their second round picks. They have another opportunity. Maybe they want to get a running back in the second round. They could get a Trayvon Merrick if they wanted to go safety from TCU in the late first instead of the wide receiver. Keep in mind, wide receiver, the, the deepest position in this draft. So I think it sets up well for, for Jacksonville to get a lot of pieces around Trevor, number one, and then also try to build that defense for Urban Meyer in his first year. That is Mel Kuyper. We are Brent Martino, Austin Lane, and Coos Action I, Sports Jacks. I would like to point out that computer noise was not me. That's on Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay or whoever was making that video. I don't even know. Are uh, we on the computer today? What's that? Uh, are we streaming today? We got yeah. it okay. turned on. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're cool. Good. Right. Uh, the, you know, I think that's like one of those noise in the pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when like that, the computer noise goes off. Yep. That. I don't think that bothers anybody anymore. Mm. Like there, there well, maybe it does, but I, no. there's a like I've been on enough Zoom calls now, and I think yes. other people have been on Zoom calls. Yeah, where, yeah. Like, well, I don't even know how to shut that off because I don't even well, remember, bother. Trying remember to when we first started the show? I had that problem when I was playing you guys audio. Yeah, if yeah, I got an did. email, which I get a million emails, I had people <laughs> on the on the chat being like, "Hey, mute your email notification." So I just want to point out that was not me. That was that was the computer. So you can do that. You can mute your notifications. I haven't quite figured that out. Yes, you yeah, can. That's a thing. I don't remember how I did it. To yeah. Be honest well, with quite you. frankly, I don't want to mute my notifications, people. So deal with it. Why not? Because I want to know when I got something. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. I'm the same way. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, Brent Morton, Austin Lane. Here we go, baby. Shock your mock was done yesterday. Yes. The anticipation yes. has been building. Yes. On the KJZ mock draft, yes. Keyshawn, Jay, Zubin, ESPN 690, every morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Yes. I was invited back from last year well, doing it, this. It was different people. They don't remember it, what you did last they year. They probably so, didn't. Yeah. Short-term memories over there. That's fine. And uh, I picked Zach Wilson with the number one overall pick I, this year. I bet you did, Playboy. <laughs> bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> I really should have. You know what's so funny out there? Quick little background story. They'd so, be riding outside of our studio right now. So the producer uh, reaches out to me. He's like, hey, uh, do you mind doing this? You know, yeah. and he's like, uh, basically, it's like you say with the first overall, with the first pick in the KJZ mock draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. And he said, Trevor Lawrence. That's what he wrote down. Okay. And then he kind of puts some press. Now, he's like, if you want to say somebody else, you can. Yeah. But I'm if assuming you you're going to go guy. Trevor Lawrence. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, don't like, be that guy. He's yeah, like, don't be that hey, guy, bro. Martin, no, don't screw it up. Don't okay? be that guy, Just bro. take Trevor Lawrence. Don't try to be oh, the guy can, that picks like yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts, number one overall. You can see that. You, you can see Brent being that guy, some guy from Ashland out of nowhere, just because, you know, to increase the brand a little bit, get people talking about you. But no, you pick Trevor Lawrence, and we're happy for you. Could you imagine, though, if you didn't, like you said someone else, and then when we went to listen to it, it was like, Brett Martineau picks, and then it cuts to, like, Siri's voice. It's like, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear Mike Tannenbaum's reaction if you would have picked that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here it is. Here's what went down at 25. Well, on, can I slay first? Oh, wait, wait, yeah, you got to. I you mean, have we're to, off the rails You're right, already. sorry. It's all good. Uh, so who do you think? So, yes. Tell so, everybody what you did. You wrote down a few names. So this is the classic draft day theory with Kevin Costner. It's the draft day scenario, right, where I write down a couple names who I think Brent Martineau should pick, and then I'm going to write down a couple names who I think Brent Martineau did pick. Last year, I couldn't have been farther away. I had C.D. Lamb. I had Caleb Von Chase at number two. And then I had uh, the, the A.J. Epinesa from Iowa. None of those came to fruition. Brent picked Diggs. 
And, and, and not Stephon Diggs. There was no trade. Trevon Diggs <laughs> of, the, of the Dallas Cowboys now. I think we know how they're doing. Dallas uh, is in dire need of a cornerback in the first round. As long as Calevon continues to pick it up a little bit, then I'll be dead wrong on that, and I'm okay with it. Dallas is in <laughs> dire need in the first round of a cornerback. So this year... My picks, who I think you selected, and keep in mind, like the way this was set up, I mean, it's a lot of names to go through and kind of remember. So that was kind of hard. This time I sent you the top 24, right? It was a mouthful. I said you should have picked Christian Barmore. That was my top guy. Pick Christian Barmore, defensive lineman, Alabama. If you didn't pick him, I say you should have picked Zayvon Collins. Now, maybe not the most perfect fit in a 3 4 defense. But I think the guy could be a beast. I really do. And I, and I understand. I've been I've been hard on him and shock your mock. But I said Zayvon Collins. Who I think you picked at 25, I think you picked Kadarius Toney. Because you've been to Urban Meyer's hometown. You're you're practically you know best friends with his friends now. And you're trying to get Urban Meyer's attention. You're trying to have that sexy pick and everything. So you pick Kadarius Toney. If you didn't pick Kadarius Toney, my second pick is going to be Christian Barmore. Because last year, when we did this exercise, I said, in the, I think it was number nine last year, right? Uh, nine and 20. Nine and 20. Last year, number nine, I said you picked Javon Kinlaw, and you did pick Javon Kinlaw. I so did. you listened to me a little bit. You know how I feel about Christian Barmore. Maybe you listened to me a little bit, and you picked Christian Barmore. That's my second pick. But like I said, I think you went Kadarius Tony. Right, quick uh, thought before we get to what I did pick. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, if they had him right now, would that have solved some of their issues? Or schematically, would that? Because that's a 4-3 scheme out in San Fran. It is, but I think he's big enough and he's versatile enough where he could play a three-four defensive end. Like, but, I mean, you have to put some weight on him, I believe, but it could get the job done. Just think, if you go back to last year, they pick a Javon Kinlaw, say, and say they still get Chase on, yeah. uh, where you could even argue maybe they could have got like a Justin Jefferson or something. But let's just say they yeah. get Chase on, mm-hmm. because that draft was better than this year's draft in the edge department anyway. Mm-hmm. So then this year, if they need another corner, they already go get Griffin in the free agent market. But now they could slide in Asante Samuel or somebody like that yep. at 25, where they could steal feel like they get value yep. uh, at 25. So it'd just been interesting if it played out that way. Yeah, uh, We think they reached for C.J. Henderson a little bit last year, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll see how it plays out. Maybe they didn't, but it felt like they were trying to replace a little bit of Jalen Ramsey. Okay, those are the picks that you think I have. You say that I should pick Barmore. You think I might have picked Kadarius Tony. Yes. How does it play out? Day 7 already with picks 25 to 28. As you know, we have our experts. Right? There's our chime. Our experts will join us. So first, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Brent Martineau, ESPN 690, makes the 25th pick for Jacksonville. With the 25th overall pick in the first round of the KJZ mock draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Christian Barmore, defensive tackle, Alabama. All right, we have Matt Miller, by the way, joining us as well on the phone to add to the reaction. You go first, Keith. I I think so. I think this is a good pickup for them when you look at it in this situation. We all know the obvious pick at one is Trevor Lawrence. So you add something to that. You give them some weapons. You do some different things. This is a smart pickup. Yeah, guys, I like Christian Barmore. I think he's being knocked right now bad pro day. You've heard the, the reports that he might be hard to coach. I think he's just young. He's 20 years old. If Nick Saban can get you to have eight and a half sacks, then I think that's a pretty good sign for what you can do in the NFL. So Christian Barmore here, I would have probably gone offense, but this is a bad D-line class, so, so I'm going to give him a pass. <laughs> it's a good pick here. And when you talk about it, Matt, and you look at where he's at in the position on the defensive line, this is something that's extremely important to Urban Meyer 
in his defensive line coach. He's always had a plethora of defensive alignment, whether it was at Florida or Ohio State. There you go. Christian wow, Barmore man. is. Wow. Nice How about that? Done, Trevor Lawrence, I'm Christian proud, Barmore. I'm, I'm proud available. right now. Yeah. If he's available. If he's available. If he's available. Man, you know what? I, I did say, by the way, they, they cut off some of that uh, that, I, that I sent in. Well, let's fight him. Uh, well, I said, I think you could go Kadarius Tony here. You did say Kadarius Tony too. I did. Yes. Uh, and I did say, who's the other one I said you could take? Um my gosh, you know, I, oh, I think I said it. Some, it's too high to go reach for a tight end, I think is what my other part of that was. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I, again, if they take Kadarius Toney in that role, trust that Urban Meyer loves what he can do with Kadarius Toney. That's why I think that would be exciting. Yeah. But I either think he's gone or they're not going to go there. They just have too many other needs. Barmore makes sense. And, it, and he is, Matt Miller is right. It's not a good defensive line draft. Yeah. So if you can go get one and, and be aware, if they really like Barmore, it's such a bad defensive line draft on the interior mm-hmm. that they might even trade up and go get him. They sure. might trade up to 21, 22 if he's still there and they feel like somebody's going to get him. Yeah. Because there's just not a lot out there and they have a need for that. So Christian Barmore. I'm happy, man. I'm proud of you, Brent. Uh, I'm proud okay. of you. Hey, sorry for doubting you. Sorry, no for, sorry for saying Kadarius Tony even him a fake. to I, put him in the list. That's I almost huge. wish you disagreed with me, but uh, no. it's okay. Hey, Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. That's today. That's tomorrow. No purchase required to enter or win for eligibility and other details. See the official rules at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. Jesse Palmer joins us next on ESPN 690. I've talked to Urban a bunch over the last few weeks. Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the pick, and they're, they're committed to really bringing in guys that are, that are going to support him. If you, if you have a chance, you're starting an organization, right? That's basically how Urban's looking at this. If you're starting an organization and you have an, a once-in-a-decade opportunity to bring in a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, you better put pieces around him. That is Todd McShay. All in on Trevor Lawrence, as he should be. We saw Todd McShay and uh, talked to him a bit up at Clemson's Pro Day for Trevor Lawrence. Saw him in the parking lot. <laughs> Brent might, stalked him in the parking I lot. I might have chased so, down McShay. Stop, stop acting like, stop <laughs> acting like you set up the interview and you called him like a couple minutes before. Hey, if I see you. No, man. You saw him in the parking lot. You said, I can't get in. Come talk to me. I, I actually ran toward him. Yeah, okay. As okay. he got in his car. Okay. But I was, trying not honest. To, I was trying not to say all that as we welcome our next guest in. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He's, right. he's called in. Uh, yeah. We welcome in My bad. Jesse Palmer to the show right now here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, a former Jags player, Austin Lane. Jesse, you're safe, man. I can't stalk you. can't chase you down. You're on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for McShay. Good to be on with you guys. Uh, he was awesome. I'll tell you the story real quick. We went up to the pro day. You did. I didn't. Yeah, well, okay. I did. Yeah. And uh, with with the TV side of things that I do, and we knew we weren't going to get Trevor or Dabo. They weren't even letting us in, Jesse, uh, because they just had ESPN and NFL Network in there. And we still went up anyway because we said, you know what? You can't get an interview with anybody unless you're there. And so we tried it. They didn't let us in. And so I said, I'm not getting out of here without getting an interview. I saw McShay, and McShay was getting in his car, and he was kind (laughs) enough to stop for a couple minutes. So we love Todd McShay around here. (laughs) 
You know what I think? I think that's just great journalism. At the end of the day, you got to get your story. You're not leaving until you get it. So I appreciate the hustle by you. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Jesse Palmer, great to uh, hear from you, man. Last time I talked to you, you were playing for the New York Giants. I was up in Albany, New York, covering training camp. I, I know you don't remember me, but uh, I remember those days. Hey, how do you feel about Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville? You wanna, you as high on this as everybody else? I really am, man. I mean, listen, there's two words you don't say very often when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks before the NFL, and that's can't miss. I just really think that's what Trevor Lawrence is. I think in the 15 years I've been covering college football at ESPN, I think the only other guy I'd put in the same category as Trevor Lawrence is probably Andrew Luck. And to me, when I look at Trevor Lawrence, I just – I just think he has everything. And it's obviously the intangibles physically with the size, arm, talent, and accuracy, and the production and statistics, the national championship uh, appearances, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, What I love about Trevor Lawrence is the consistency. And there's essentially 40 games on tape that you can watch number 16 for Clemson play. There's really only one subpar performance. That came against LSU in the 2019 uh, national championship game. And then I I think one of the – biggest compliments you could probably ever give a quarterback is that they make players around them better. And I think when you looked at this Clemson offense heading into the 2020 season, this was not an elite wide receiving group, right? They had lost T Higgins of the draft the year before to Cincinnati. Justin Ross was supposed to be a superstar. He goes down with a neck injury really outside of Amari Rogers. This was a very inexperienced, very green wide receiving core. Trevor Lawrence really sort of had to take these guys by the hand and really sort of helped them along the first half of the season. And still, Trevor's numbers and the Clemson offense statistically was still outstanding. So to me, Trevor Lawrence, from a leadership standpoint, his love of football, he checks all the boxes. And that's why I think if you're Urban Meyer, if you're Jacksonville, this is just you could not ask for a better guy to try to get this rebuild going. Jesse, obviously when you make that transition from the college ranks to the pro ranks, there can be an adjustment period, right? It can take some time. Um, you know, Alex Smith was a guy that was getting thrown on a little bit in terms of maybe being a backup quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Brent Martin, my co-host here, I actually started a GoFundMe page to get <laughs> Alex Smith as a backup quarterback because he, because he thought that it would only help Trevor Lawrence in developing as a quarterback. I'm from the school of thought where if you're a guy like Trevor Lawrence or if you're a guy like Justin Herbert was last year or Joe Burrow, you don't need the backup quarterback to teach you things because you're already that good. Do you buy into that narrative or do you think that you should have a guy at the backup spot that can, you know, Trevor Lawrence can kind of bounce ideas off of a little bit? I think if it's a guy like Trevor Lawrence, I think you let him play from day one. No different than what we saw with Joe Burrow last year, I think, in Cincinnati. I think he's played enough football at the collegiate level. And, guys, again, he's just such a unique talent. I think you got to put him on the field day one, throw him in the fire, and let him go learn. This guy's a very high football IQ. I can't wait to see what happens with offensive coordinator and play caller Darren Bevel and how he works with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Darren Bevel actually coached me in the Senior Bowl years back. Just extremely intelligent, such a good teacher, has a great demeanor. I think that's going to be a real nice marriage between he and Trevor Lawrence to get him go. Obviously, you bring in guys like Marvin Jones and free agency at wide receiver to kind of build this receiving group. You know, let Trevor Lawrence go and play with him and DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel and Philip Dorsett, whoever else they got there, let him go. Um, I really, I, I'm excited for Jacksonville. I really am because I think Trevor Lawrence is the type of guy that I think in the future, free agent receivers are going to want to go and play for and play with. I think he's that exciting. I think this offense, obviously there's other holes they need to fill at the right tackle spot. They need another running back. You want to build around Trevor Lawrence. 
up front and at wide receiver and keep doing that. And they'll have the chance to do that in this draft. But to me, no doubt about it. Just let 16 go from day one. Jesse Palmer with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, part of the NFL Draft Game Day coverage coming up uh, tomorrow night all weekend long and talking a little bit about Trevor Lawrence right now. Coming to Jacksonville tomorrow night, it will become official. Jesse, you're an interesting guy to ask about the marketing end of Trevor. We're seeing him sign up for endorsements from Gatorade to cryptocurrency. How marketable is this guy from a guy who's obviously been very marketable, like yourself, on all different platforms outside of the sports realm. How do you see that playing out? Because our friends up in New York like to call Jacksonville Hartford with palm trees. We take exception to that. And we kind of feel like we feel like it doesn't matter where you are these days. Do you agree? I do. I mean, look at Baker Mayfield. How many commercials is Baker Mayfield in? I'm sure when he got drafted by Cleveland, people probably said the same thing, not marketable, you, you, know, you won't have success in a city like that. Listen, at the end of the day, I think if you win games and you have success, I think it makes you marketable. And certainly Trevor Lawrence, he's got the talent, he's got the looks, he's got a lot of interests outside of football, as we know. Um, and so to me, listen, I, I think it's a potential home run opportunity. Um, you know, I, I just think the sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence, both on the field and off the field down in Jacksonville. Well, we know this. He doesn't have to be on The Bachelor. He just got married a couple weeks ago. No, for sure. So he's getting that end. <laughs> Jesse, listen, man, I, I could talk football with you all day, but I got to know this. I have you on the radio right now, so I got to ask you this question. I was watching Beat Bobby Flay, and you're on that show as well. <laughs> you're all over the Food Network. In terms of marketing, you're absolutely crushing it. My question, how did you get on the Food Network? Did you, was there some kind of like interview where you had to bake him something, or they're just like, hey, you're Jesse Palmer, you're good to go. You're a quarterback. Come join us. Like, what What was that like? No, I, I just love food. It, it actually started uh, in Canada. That's where I'm from originally. And we've got Food Network Canada up there. And, and just randomly out of the blue, they asked me to come on and, and host a food show one day. I guess they had seen my social media and they saw all the stuff I was eating. And they were like, dude, you want to just come on and, and talk about food and, and just interview these people and host it? And I was like, Absolutely. That sounds incredible. I can't bake anything, but I'm, I, I can salivate and drool as I watch other people do it and try to steal their cupcakes. So that's basically what happened. And then that kind of transitioned down into the food baking championship and or the holiday baking championship and, and the beat Bobby Flay and all the other food network stuff that I've been lucky enough to do. It's funny, man. Like you, you do football and it's awesome. And it's, it's my biggest passion in the world, but it's, it's super analytical when I'm, when I'm doing the food network stuff, that's just, that's just like fanboying out. I'm just sitting there literally getting fatter and fatter as the show goes on, just waiting to get back to the gym when it's over. We're actually getting ready to shoot some stuff coming up this summer. I'm already like on the Peloton trying to get myself primed because I know I'm in trouble. So I'm going to tell you this. We're going to have Jason Fitz call our show later on today, and Jason Fitz is a giant fan of Chopped, and it's his dream, like his life dream, to get on that show Chopped. Hopefully you can kind of use your Food Network muscles a little bit and possibly get him on. Help Jason out a little bit. He'd be indebted. Yes. Tell him I yeah. Tell him I got him. No problem. Well, Done, Brent. He's coming up. We'll to tell him. We're going to share him yeah. now. Don't make too many promises. All right. <laughs> hey, last thing. Mac Jones is from Jacksonville. Mac, I think, is the most interesting player in the draft. He's an unbelievable story, by the way, coming out of high school to end up at Alabama, end up in the Heisman uh, 
you know, conversation and win a national title and now this, maybe the third overall pick. I'm not convinced he's going number three. And I'm a little concerned for Mac because if he doesn't go number three, I wonder how much he slides and the weight becomes for him, maybe all the way down to like Washington at 19, although there's other teams that could pick him up in between there. How do you view Mac Jones going into tomorrow night? I love Mac Jones, and and I personally, I've got him going three to San Francisco. That that's just my feeling. Obviously, that comes down to Kyle Shanahan. But um, all I can say is, is you just got to put on the film, and and it's really as simple as that. I, I know he's not the fastest of the five quarterbacks going in the first round. He, he doesn't have the strong arm as them either. But to me, he might be the most polished in terms of his ability to anticipate the accuracy, which is just off the charts his ability to move around the pocket and buy himself time, and then just find ways to get the football out. I know he was surrounded by crazy talent at receiver, and he had Sark calling plays for him, but you could say the exact same thing about Joe Burrow last year. It wouldn't be the first time a quarterback came out that had really good players around him in college that helped him put up unbelievable numbers. I think Mac Jones possesses the intelligence, the football IQ, and all the physical attributes necessary in the National Football League to move the chains. Um, he doesn't have to have the strongest storm or be necessarily the fastest. Here's another thing I love about Mac Jones, just how competitive and confident he is as himself. He came into Alabama, he got there in the same recruiting class as Tua. Guys, today in college football, how many times do we see quarterbacks enter the transfer portal the second it looks like they're not going to get any playing time or they're going to face any adversity? They totally bounce. And then beyond that, you know, he sits there, he waits his turn, bides his time, Bryce Young, the next number one ranked quarterback out of high school, comes up, comes into Alabama. So many quarterbacks would have bailed and left. Mac Jones said, no way, man. This is my job. This is my job, my offense, my team. I'm going to show everybody. There's something to be said for that. I think all those things combined makes me believe Mac Jones is going to have success on Sunday. Jesse, how big is Mac Jones going number three, though, also big for the quarterback position in general? Because I always feel like we talk about dual threat guys. Like, yeah, sure, he's accurate, but what is he on the 40-yard dashing? You know, obviously Mac Jones isn't the most mobile guy, but he's super accurate, right? He's kind of like the throwback quarterback a little bit. Will this kind of set a precedent and say, hey, if this guy goes number three with his accuracy, with his intangibles, maybe we shouldn't look too far to the future and say, hey, we need these dual threat guys that can run all around the field. Yeah, it's a great question, man. You know, I, I think at the end of the day in the NFL, I think to win, you have to be accurate and you have to make good decisions. And it's great if you can run the zone read and have the RPO game and have all those wrinkles in your offense to stress defenses. I think it's phenomenal. But at the end of the day, if you can't find the open guy, throw to the open guy on time, and most importantly, hit him in a league where the windows open and close so fast and they're just so small, you, you don't have a shot. And I'll say this, guys, you know, to, to me, the fun tomorrow really starts at that number three pick with the 49ers because we talk about quarterbacks. You know, it, it's, not, it's not important when you get picked. It's where you, go, where you get picked. And to me – the thing that's going to determine these five quarterbacks and which one has the most successful future in the National Football League is that situation. The San Francisco 49ers picking number three to me, that is the holy grail home run scenario for any of these guys to get chosen into, considering 
Here's a franchise that was two years removed from the Super Bowl. You got Kyle Shanahan calling plays, George Kittle on offense, a young, exciting group of receivers, an excellent defense that is going to get healthy when Bosa comes back. I think that if it's Mac Jones, if it's Trey Lance, if it's Justin Fields, this is the place that you can go and have success long-term. Just look at what happened to Josh Allen two years back or what happened to Justin Herbert last year. Not the first guy taken, and that, that's what we all kind of talk about and we seem to think is the most important thing, but it's where you go. It's the situation. Jacksonville's picking first for a reason. Hate to say it. The Jets are picking second for a reason. They're atrocious. The 49ers are not far away from being a good team, and I think if Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whoever ends up at number three, I think that's the guy that really has a home run shot at having a long and, and big-time career. Jesse Palmer, great stuff, man. Really good hanging out with you for a few minutes. Thanks for taking the time. Enjoy the draft and all the uh, game day coverage on ABC. Appreciate it, man. You got it, man. Stop harassing people in parking lots. <laughs> <laughs> Stay safe on the phone. Oh, Stay safe on button. the phone. That's got to be a button. <laughs> yep. Uh, Brett Martineau, stop harassing people in the parking lot. Good God. stuff Austin with Jesse Palmer. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We come back. Food Network promise. So Jason Fitz just happened, I think. I think so. Fitz joins us for the first time. I think time you got him months. in. Yeah. And we'll time see. Time to sell him on a little Tommy boy. Yeah. You're not lying there, little black sheep, if you will. We'll see. Chris Farley. We'll more coming up next. Four o'clock hour. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Stay with us.